Welcome to the Repertoire Happy Hour, part of the Global Band Room Podcasts. My name is Keith Kelly, and every month I bring a group of band directors and composers and musicians together to plan an imaginary concert. And this month's theme is nature or mother nature or the natural world. Um, you know, it's spring, so I thought that it might be a, a good time to think about um, the world around us. And, um, we, 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 we haven't been able to get out to it much lately, but, uh, but, but hopefully we will, we will be able to soon. Uh, this month, I am delighted to be joined by three more uh, fantastic guests. Um, as always, uh, since we started this, uh, my regular guest, Gail Brechting from the Association of Concert Bands Hello. and the West Michigan Concert Winds. Hi, Gail. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Excellent. Great to have good, you back. Yeah. I'm glad to be here. My, I got my friend, my cat with me here, Josie. <laughs> <laughs> that might be a running theme tonight, uh, yes. because also with his uh, furry friend in the room with him there is uh, Andrew Traxel, who is uh, Associate Director of Bands in the University of North Texas. Um, and many of my Irish colleagues might remember Andrew from the River Shannon project that we did with Lone Star Wind Orchestra last year as well. Andrew, good to see you. It's great to be here, Keith, and, and great to be with, with two of our guests. And then also, <laughs> this is Percy. He's a little camera shy, but not lap shy. <laughs> That's great to see you, Andrew, and uh, sporting a whole new look since we uh, <laughs> all, all followed your video uh, conducting us last year. <laughs> I have to say, when, when, yeah, when we, we can get to it when we get to that piece, but <laughs> I, I was kind of shocked to see myself from a year ago. <laughs> And uh, I'm absolutely delighted. And, and we ran a test. Uh, we ran a test earlier on to make sure that the tech was okay. Um, uh, and uh, we ended up talking for 45 minutes uh, just about band and, and Irish bands and so on. Um, a, a man that uh, is w very well known to um, Irish musicians uh, around the country, uh, Vincent Kennedy. Vincent uh, and myself have, haven't actually had the opportunity to work much together over the years. We've sort of been on sort of parallel paths a lot of the time. But of course. Uh, Vincent is very well known here and delighted that you could join me at such short notice today as well, Vincent. Thank you. Thanks, Keith. Great to be here. Good to see you all. Uh, Vincent is a composer, conductor, musician, and we're going to be talking about some of his music as well tonight. So it, this is ha Repertoire Happy Hour, and I always like to start off with... Uh, what are we drinking? Um, I'll start off. Um, again, I'm on day, I think it's 87. I'm going to hit the day 100, not having any alcohol for the start of 2021. 20, uh, Isn't that right? 2021. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I'm on a, a Stonewell uh, non-alcoholic cider. It's, uh, it's, a, it, it's, a, it's all the way from Drogheda, I believe. Oh, no, sorry, County Cork. Uh, so it's an mm -hmm. Irish non-alcoholic cider. And uh, it's, it's very good. It's uh, I, I, we're coming into the summer months, and I always like to to have those uh, have a cider. Uh, Gail, um, you said you made something special for tonight. I did. I did. I, I have my Waterford glass because we have all kinds of Waterford crystal in our home, um, and I used Irish whiskey and some squirt and just made what I called an Irish spring because it's spring <laughs> coming up. So that's what I'm drinking tonight. So cheers. 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 Uh, and Andrew, you uh, you went to the fridge just before we got started. So. <laughs> it was it was the, the last thing that I needed to do. But I, I have um, I thought, you know, I, earlier this week, I thought I needed to get something Irish. But then I, I thought, well, probably our, our Irish friends will be drinking something Irish. So normally I would love a Guinness. But I, I had in the fridge. Um, it's a Texas brewing company called Carbach, mm. uh, Car Carbach mm. Toberfest. And uh, 
I have it in a, a glass that means something to our family from Ohio, from Athens, Ohio, where we used to live, the burrito buggy, which was a, is a little, little buggy that serves some of the best burritos you can get on the street. So uh, cheers to you all and uh, great to be here. Cheers. Cheers. Um, Vincent, um, I, I know you said earlier on that you'd have uh, something hot. Yes, coffee with some Bailey's cream in my San Francisco cup, mm. a cup I got in San Francisco. Oh, that's nice. That's oh, nice. nice. Yes. So, slowly. Co uh, a coffee with Bailey's, it doesn't get, mm. doesn't get much. It doesn't yeah, get that's much right. better than that's that right. for, for a right. Saturday evening, for a cold <laughs> Saturday evening here in, 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 a, in Ireland, too. Yeah. Um, so uh, for anyone that hasn't uh, listened to the podcast or to the live stream before, uh, we are going to talk through um, a, an imaginary program of music um, and we'll talk through three different grades, easy, intermediate and advanced. Uh, and what I've given the panelists a, a theme, but I've left it very wide open. The, the theme this month is nature. And I know we're going to have lots of different types of music within that broad theme tonight. I will be playing clips of the of the music. Um, if you're listening to the live stream, um, the, the quality of that music may not be great because it's being streamed. Uh, but if you're, if you're so lucky to be listening to the podcast, then you'll have proper quality clips to be able to listen to tonight. So without any further ado, we might get started oh before we do um you can leave comments in if you're watching on facebook or youtube you can leave comments let us know what pieces that you think should be on a program like this and i know people have been commenting in the uh, facebook group during the week then as well and uh, and we'll be uh, le letting people know we'll be reading those those comments out later on too so without any further ado gail we'll we'll always start with you so let's start with your uh, easy uh, uh, easier uh, selection for this uh, for this month. Okay, thanks, Keith. Um, well, I don't teach at this level anymore, so I asked some of my best friends that still are teaching at this level, and they gave me a number of really great pieces. But the one I chose uh, is a one point five level piece. So one for certainly something that if you're do starting a, a young group or you're starting a, a, a you know a new community band of some sort, um, and it's by a really great composer from Texas, uh, Willie Owens. William Owens is uh, formal, um, and it's a two minute, two and a half minute work. It's uh, very nice. It's got a little cornet solo in it. It's got some polka retardando. It's got three, it's in three four time. For those of you who've taught beginners, that's an important you know thing to be teaching. It's got dynamics, staccatos, things like that, and it it really is a lovely little piece that uh, one of the people that was on a podcast earlier, Brian Olian, suggested this piece. Uh, Keith and some of you know he's a colleague of mine. So this is just in simply entitled Spring.
I mentioned before we started the the show that um, earlier on today, my daughter had been um, helped me to line up some of the tracks and get ready for uh, for tonight's show. And she was listening to that one and she said that it, it sounded to her like there was lots of fireflies in a field and she was Aww. sitting outside watching the stars. And it was, you know, all these triangle sounds and little flute sounds. And so mm-hmm. she had this lovely little image uh, for, for, for that one. Um, did you did you say, Gail, that that's one that you've used before yourself? I have not, but my the school I taught in, that I just retired from, uh, we have used it there. So it is something that the, the kids really like. And for those reasons, Keith, that's part of the reason that they like them. Um, and the composer, Willie, uh, is just a, a wonderful composer for from all levels, but he really writes well for beginning and middle school age level. In fact, I'm just going to say this, I probably shouldn't, but um, my school commissioned him to write a piece for my honor of, of retiring. And he wrote a piece that hasn't even been um, published yet. It's going to be published this summer. It's called Silver Sides, which is a submarine here in, we are a port city. And it's a submarine and uh, it's called the Silver Sides. But I teased him. It was because my hair is silver. That's probably why he <laughs> called it that. Yeah. Yeah. But that piece that you just played is is a lovely, lo- lovely piece and works well for a, a spring concert. It's great. It definitely fits into the uh, into the theme as well. It's not hard to make that connection between <laughs> spring and, and the, the nature team. This next one, though, and I'm going to come to you, Vincent. Uh, I was really interested to see how you're going to make this next one uh, fit the, the, the nature, the nature team today. Uh, but no one better than than you to uh, to make that happen. I love this piece, by the way. It's the great locomotive chase by uh, Robert Smith. And <clears throat> I love steam trains. So. Uh, and their age has passed, but every so often you see one. And this is an imaginary chain journey during the American Civil War. So it is the outdoors. It is passing through nature. Nowadays, probably polluting it. But, you know, there's something beautiful at the same time about it and something about the sounds it makes. And this piece um, is for uh, around grade two also. And what I love about it is that it um, has got great effects in it. It's got great fun and uh, and it's got lots for percussion to do, which is really, really important, I think, at this level, because you've got to keep your percussion players occupied during during and rehearsal and everything. Otherwise, they cause mayhem. You know? So um, and I think that the, the, the people really get the, the sense of of the movement of, of, of the atmosphere of, of the whole working of the machine as it goes through the countryside. So, and uh, I know we where, where I am with the Reform Concert Society, we have, we have a junior level, we have an intermediate, and we have an adult level. So the, the, the conductors who work with the junior level, they really love this piece. And always, and all the transitions and all the years has gone down really well since it's come across to us.
so fun. And, you know, I've done that a couple of times with uh, a couple of different bands. And it's always the one that the parents go home from the parents concert talking about that piece. <laughs> you know, they just they love the effects. They love the sort of the picture and the the the, the, the uh, image that it paints for the audience as well. You've probably um, uh, found that as well, too, Vincent, that that's a par parent's favorite. Oh, yeah. It's, yeah. Yeah. And and kids' favorite as well. Wonderful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the fact that they can add in things that are non-instrumental to it as well is great as well. Right. Have extra body parts and things and noises. And noises. Yeah. Any time that you can make a noise that isn't to do with your instrument, it's just yeah. it's something fun about that, isn't there? Absolutely. Well, Andrew, um, I know I. I think most people would associate you with sort of very sort of advanced music, but with your work with uh, University of North Texas and with the Lone Star uh, Youth Orchestra predominantly, isn't it? Um, but uh, you would have some experience with, with, with this sort of music too, I assume. Yeah. Uh, like, like Gail said, I don't, I don't teach this level, but um, I, I, I should say I don't often get to conduct this, this kind of music, um, but it's, it's so much fun when I do. Um, and I, I also, I'm tied in with um, GIA Publications Teaching Music with Performance and Band. Uh, I'm the, the editor of that series now. And um, so, I, so that was kind of the natural place that I went when I was trying to look for something that was about grade two. And we have a new volume that's coming out. Literally, it arrived in GIA's offices just earlier this week on Monday. So volume 12 should be out pretty soon. Um, just a shameless plug, but, but also a great resource. And that's where I went to go find something to tie into this theme. So I, uh, there were lots of choices, but what I, what I wanted to choose was one from a composer also from Texas, uh, Carol Britton Chambers, who's from San Antonio. And she is um, a composer and a trumpet player, trumpet teacher and music ed uh, person as well. And, um, and, and really has a successful career as a composer, has, has a lot of pieces that have been played at the Midwest Band and Orchestra Clinic. And, um, and this is a piece that's in the new teaching music volume and it's called Sun Chaser. And the idea is uh, she just she talks about a couple different layers of meaning here. One of them being just, of course, the energy that she receives from the sun and her love of the sun. And then the idea uh, where she lives in San Antonio when they go on vacation and drive west towards the mountains, she feels like they're chasing the sun. So uh, that was one, another sort of idea that she conjured up when she was uh, composing this piece. But it, it starts out, I don't think we're going to hear the introduction, but it, uh, the introduction is kind of a slow uh, ethereal introduction, but then it, it sort of then kicks up the energy a little bit and has a real sort of rhythmic vitality, but also just a really great melody, I think. And so that was what I was kind of drawn to uh, with Carol's music. So Sun Chaser.
So for anyone listening to the podcast of this, just before we played that, uh, an ad for Booking.com came on. The algorithm must be working overtime to know that we were listening to a piece called Sun Chaser. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Very well, very well pointed out, Vincent. (laughs) Lovely piece. Beautiful. Andrew, I one of my f- ones that I was going to choose was one of hers also called um, something with a, a rainbow in the clouds, which is oh, also yeah. a Carol Chambers. Must have been a little bit older one, but also a lovely, lovely piece by that same composer that yeah. had with the rainbow. I thought was kind of cool. Yeah, yeah. I think I think she's um, I, I didn't I wasn't aware of her work until just recently, but I, I really she's doing really great things for that. Mm-hmm that uh at age level grade two to four she has quite a quite a big catalog already so yeah that's fantastic yeah. good thank you well we might work backwards um now and stay with you andrew then for the next choice uh, so we're on to our intermediate pieces and um uh let's let's hear about um your your choice here sure sure well i i, I like you, you had us pick a whole bunch of backups as well so there's there's i have to say there's so much other great music too that we, we're not hearing tonight <laughs> There um, is. I mean, we'll, I, at no. the very end, we will go through our our own. Oh, oh, okay, so, okay, great, <laughs> great. Or we, or or if you want to share it, or we can publish it, or whatever. Um, I, I had to choose this piece just because of uh, of the connection with Keith and and with Bands of Ireland and the Global Band Room. Um, the my my other time appearing on this uh, podcast was about a year ago. I think it was maybe April, and Keith and I were uh, had been connected by this composer who um, I had just reached out to. It was right at the beginning of the pandemic and Lone Star Youth Winds, as, as Keith mentioned, is a group that I'm associated with. That's a, it's a youth band of the Lone Star Wind Orchestra, which is a professional group here in Dallas, uh, in Richardson, Texas. And um, so we were trying to figure out what to do. Our season, like all of our seasons had been kind of scrapped at the end. And uh, we were trying to figure out something to do to keep the students involved, something to give them something to stay engaged with. And so, um, I, I had this quick brainstorm that, well, you know what, let's, let's, we were talking about this virtual band concept. A lot of us now have done. And I said, well, why don't we, why don't, wouldn't it be cool to premiere a piece, not just do a piece that already exists, which is great enough and a challenge enough, but let's write a piece or have somebody write a piece for, for the virtual environment with that in mind. Cause that was the big, that's the big challenge is how to adapt a piece that you can record in your living room. Everybody can record and then put together. So immediately I thought, well, who, the best composer in my mind that could accomplish something like this is Julie Giroux, who can write a piece in a day. I mean, she's just really so fast. And that comes from her experience in, in TV and, and film. And so I reached out to Julie and I, I just said, uh, you know, I, this is a crazy idea, Julie. And I, I know you probably don't have time at all to do this, but here's, here's the idea. Can you, can you write a piece within a couple of weeks? And we can we can send it out to people all over the world and then we can have them record it and somebody will put it together and we'll have this performance and it'll be a a literal world premiere. And um, I thought, okay, I won't hear from her for a couple of weeks or she won't answer at all because this is crazy and and it's unfair to her. And she wrote back in about 20 minutes and said, when when do you need it? I I can't do it until at least Monday. But that was (laughs) I was talking about Saturday. (laughs) So that's how we got into it. And um, I have to say, uh, it actually, it took a lot longer than that. She just really, as we all did in the beginning of the pandemic, was just going through so much. And um, it, it just, she found it very hard to sit down and, and do something like that, composing. And she actually, I think she wrote probably two or three other pieces uh, with this in mind, and she put them on the shelf. Uh, maybe maybe the, someday she'll, she'll return to them. But 
she finally said, you know what, I want to go to a happy place. And my happy place is uh, I got to visit Ireland a few years ago. And I'm going to write a piece called The River Shannon, uh, which, of course, is based on the River Shannon in Ireland. And um, and that's what sparked her thought to also connect us with Bands of Ireland and Keith. And so that's how that whole relationship started. So um, so she she did. She turned out this really wonderful grade three piece that is just lovely. It's just 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 lyrical and beautiful and um, just so, so wonderful to listen to and to play. And so we, we were able to send this out all over the world. We had people from everywhere, lots of people from Ireland, lots of people from Asia and, and North America, uh, submit recordings, which I think is with the video that we'll, we'll see today. And, um, the, the, the person talking right now is the, is the conductor you'll see in the video, but, but at the beginning of the pandemic, so shorter hair, less beard, all that kind of stuff. But anyway, this is this is River Shannon by Julie Giroud, which she uh, she wrote, and it's just a gift to all of us. So clean cut, Andrew. That <laughs> <laughs> was a whole different age. <laughs> it was also young and innocent. Uh, it, you know, I absolutely love this project. We had just come off the back of the Ireland's Call project that we organised, and Julie had obviously seen that, and so it was. It was just perfect timing where we had a few hundred musicians uh, that had been involved in. Uh, in our project that we're just looking to do some the next project you know I, I think a year on we're kind of maybe a little bit more fatigued with some of this uh right. these the zoom meetings and so on but at the time there was just a hunger to do some sort of performance and some sort of connection with each other and um for us to be able to go from that iron's call project straight into this and what i love is that if you watch the video you're going to see Barbara Dowling, who uh, a lot of my my colleagues in Ireland certainly know Barbara uh, she's sitting on her island in Longford <laughs> and she's Absolutely. recording 
on the Shannon. Uh, and like, I think Martin, and I am going to fast forward a little bit to uh, Martin's message, if you don't mind. At I, the, oh, at yeah, the end. I, I love that we included this. I, I, when, once we got his recording, I said, we, we have to put this on the end. We just have to. So. You know, Martin is, you know, the typical community musician. Uh, you know, he he attends his band. It's a big part of his life. Uh, and for him to be able to perform alongside the, the Lone Star Global Ensemble was just uh, just an amazing. I just loved seeing all those Irish faces that I did on this at the time. Um, let me play play Martin's message. Yeah. Hi, everybody. Lone Star. Uh, it's Martin Ryan here in County Clear again. Uh, fantastic job in the Stars and Stripes, and I'm delighted no chance to record this River Shannon. Since most of the Shannon runs through my county here in County Clare in Ireland. And there you have uh, Barbara and uh, is that uh, John? I think a um, uh, tuba player from from uh, Boher Boy. Anyway, uh, both recording with the River Shannon there in in the background as well. So it was a great project, and uh, Julie was the was was the one to bring us together on it as well, which That's was right. yeah, which absolutely. was nice. Absolutely, um, she, she has and, that she has that magic to be able to to draw so many different people together, and and I'm so glad she did. She's done stellar work this year, um, and for her to be recognised then at, at President Biden's inauguration uh, with her work being played uh, was just amazing. Um, so, uh, yeah, just just an amazing person <laughs> all around. She she's uh, she's as much of a, a celebrity as she is a composer within this world mm -hmm. now these days. Reservedly, yeah. uh, absolutely. Um, Vincent, um, I'm delighted that we're going to be able to talk about one of your pieces now today uh, as well. Um, tell me about uh, about your selection. Okay, I will. And just but just before that, um, it's interesting what was said there about Julie and this this diff, the normality of being able to compose music, and then during this this COVID thing, the difficulty, you know, because I've I've encountered that myself too. You know, and it's extraordinary. Uh, about, I, I was commissioned there recently by the Association of Youth Orchestras to do a similar type of thing as, as what was just described. But actually trying to get the music out was like going down a mile deep into the earth, into a mine, and carrying up these rocks of granite and then having to break them open to find the notes. It was just really hard. I don't know what it is about this period. You know, people say, oh, it should be so easy. There's so much more time. But actually, it's the opposite. Um, and I think it's because we're all going through it. It's like a dark cloud of COVID. Um, but it's great to hear that beautiful music and, and to bring the light out then as we are talking about nature. Um, and, and that's then going back to this piece that I, I'm going to talk about, which is kind of around grade four. It's kind of slightly probably towards the end of grade four. Um, it, it, it was a commission uh, through the Arts Council here for the anniversary of the Ralph Arnhem Concert Band Society, of which now I'm now also musical director. And uh, uh, what I was looking for there, and the, the title comes from a line from a Robert Browning poem, Oh, that a man's uh, reach should exceed his grasp, else what's a heaven for? Because the Raffarnham Concert Band Society was set up with no notions about how far it could develop. And that's what I love about organizations like that, you know, that you don't set any boundaries. It's like what's written at the end of O'Connell Street in Dublin with Charles Stewart Parnell. We've never set the boundaries to the march of Irish nationhood, and we never shall. You know, the, you don't set limits on things. You just, you know, the sky is there to be reached now. And as in the last couple of weeks, we've been talking about landing things on Mars. I mean, that's just incredible feats, you know, that, that mankind uh, 
womankind have achieved is just incredible. So, and this was the sort of a, the notion behind this. And there are three movements to it. The first one is called, and the one we're going to hear from is called Sunday morning and Monday night. Because when this group started off originally, if you were anywhere near Rathfarnham, which is the big suburb of Dublin near the mountains, on a Sunday morning or a Monday night, you would have seen all these kids walking along the streets because they didn't get driven in those days uh, with carrying instruments, you know, and all coming from different places to arrive to rehearse together. Uh, and so when we recorded this, this is a live recording from the National Concert Hall, uh, a lot of those early people had come back from all the places they are around the world, uh, playing with different orchestras and things, uh, uh, and the current memberships to play. So it was capturing that. So this is the first movement. So if you started, I'd say about 30 seconds in, because it starts with a lot of percussion, just repetitive stuff. Thank you so much, Vincent, for uh, letting us play that tonight. Um, tell me, Vincent, um, in Ireland, I often think that we don't really uh, encourage or we, we don't really have a culture of commissioning wind band works here in Ireland. We we, we, we buy our, our music where many band directors around the world do. They buy it online, Hal Leonard. And I mean, if if we're being absolutely honest, there's a lot of photocopying and passing around and what one band has, the other band has the exact same program. Do you, is there a frustration among Irish composers, do you think, in the lack of, of commissioning that happens at a wind band level? I think so, yeah, and I think it's 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 um, it's not happening to the level it should be, uh, and it's not happening, you know, right across the board from the professional groups like the army and the guards um, to to the bands and the 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 arts council have made money available for commissions, so there's actually no reason why bands all around the country cannot seek funding for commissions of composers. Now there are some works that have been done, but I don't think there's been enough given the amount of wonderful composers that are working in the country at the moment and that the fact that the, this funding is available for, for this. It's not like the, the groups have to go out and raise the funding themselves. Uh, and I think that if we can work together as a band community on this, we can really uh, up our game and also provide pieces then that can travel abroad and say something about where we come from, you know, that we're not just importing music. I mean, we we have one of the greatest collections of folk music in the world, and it's arranged by many, well, well, some Irish people, but all by many people in different countries all around the world. And it comes back to us, you know, and I, I would like to see more of our uh, arrangements or of our music going out across the world. Now, we have some great examples of it. We have that, that obviously River Dance. We have Lord of the Dance and, and that, that sort of stuff. And now some parts of the Brendan Voyage are beginning to be played as well. But it's it's taking a long time. We need to have more confidence in ourselves and stand up mm. for if they were equal to anybody else in, on the world stage. And uh, and I think this this and what you're doing here, Keith, and what you're doing in a lot of other uh, spheres is giving... Uh, Irish music and, and bands giving us our proper place in the world. 
know, so thank you for that and for all yeah. you do for us. I, I, I think it's so important. It's it's something that, that I've only, you know, I'm, I'm a community rural band conductor for the most part. Uh, you know, I've obviously worked with Artane in, in Dublin as well, but um, for the most part, I've worked with rural community bands. And I just think it's something that we don't aspire to. I, I think it's something that we believe is out of our reach to commission a work that's just for us. Um, mm. And I think maybe you know, looking to to the US. And, and I think sometimes we're afraid to do that. I think sometimes here in Ireland, we're afraid to look to the US because it's it seems like it's so far beyond what we can do here sometimes because the assumption is money is available and facilities and, and so on. But I, I think Andrew and Gail will probably agree with what I'm about to say here, which is that money is 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 a never-ending need no matter how much money you have in your program you're always going to feel like you need more so what's the point in saying well someday we'll have the money to commission well that's probably not going to happen because you probably want to go to buy want to go to buy that new tube or those new uniforms or fix those facilities um i think commissioning just has to be part of what we do like uniforms and like band travel um we have to we we have to encourage um those Irish composers, like you, Vincent, and, and many others, many other young composers out there now who are writing for smaller ensembles and mixed ensembles because they're the only groups that will play their music. Mm -hmm. we, have, we have over 180 active community bands here, uh, just in the south of Ireland, um, that should be um, encouraging those composers, I think. I have a question for Vincent and, and Keith, because you live in Ireland. You say there's money to commission works. Is that strictly for Irish bands to go to the, to get the grant? Or, I mean, I, I'm a community band conductor. Would I be able to get a grant and be able to commission an Irish composer to do something that can be used over the, around the world? I mean, that you don't have to answer that. But I'm just wondering, is that an opportunity? Because, you know, we would certainly commission a, a work from a composer from another country that could be used worldwide. Uh, you know, knowing that that's possible, especially a group like mine that, you know, we're on budgets, like you're saying, Keith, you know, it's not like it's something that's simple to do, but certainly would be worth the effort if we knew that was a possibility. Or is it strictly the government of Ireland that allows to be using those grant monies? No, it's actually, you make a very good point or a question there, Gail. Mm. It actually allows for people to commission Irish composers. Excellent. Yeah, yeah, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's it's a funding scheme run by the Arts Council of Ireland, and it's it's for uh, composers who are based on the island of Ireland, and it's the whole island of Ireland. You know, you know, part of it's under UK administration uh, right. and uh, shared government, but it actually covers the thirty two counties, and the composer. Uh, has to be living in residence here, but they can be a, a, a person from a different country. But yes, you know, it allows for for bodies outside of the state to commission. We have to go through the Arts Council. They have a website uh, mm -hmm. and register on that website. And I, I've seen it done for some of for some of the classical side of things, you know, um, but not for not not so far to my knowledge it may have but i'm not clear, not sure i do follow this very carefully and there's actually very few works actually commissioned through that scheme for bands i was one of the few people who was lucky enough to get it um the other aspect of arts funding in ireland is that the local councils also have an arts officer and have arts funding and they have it used to be the case that everything um there was a percent for art scheme so if there was a major 
building project, uh, construction project, public funds were going into it. A percentage of that had to be set aside for arts work. That's why if you drive around Ireland, especially, you'll see it prominent on the roadways, these sculptures, these modern art mm-hmm. pieces, things. But, but it actually began with Wexford County Council. They said, well, it doesn't have to be pieces of sculpture. We can move beyond that. We can move to, to, to music okay. and and all of that sort of stuff. So that's coming back. It went away into depression, but it's coming back. And the the local uh, arts uh, officer is a great source of funding. And I think they're also looking for disparate ways to actually give funding to, not just the normal way. So Mm -hmm. I think local bands particularly should look locally first as well. Mm -hmm. You know, know, Vincent, I think a lot of the time community bands here struggle to be uh, accepted uh, in the arts community you know um they're they're sort of caught between these uh, between these are they a community organization are they an educational organization are they arts and 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 they don't tend to get funding from any particular stream and i think commissioning new works like this can add a lot of credibility to them as arts organizations and and you can really see that happening in the u.s i mean you know, Andrew, you're one of the universities that is world famous for recording um, music and, and and recording new music a lot of the time as well. Um, you know, have you been part of that commissioning process much uh, there? And have you got any advice for maybe smaller bands, not necessarily just here in Ireland, but anywhere in the world and how they can get involved in the commissioning process? Yeah, well, let, let me first say that... Uh... Vincent, you you have partners here in the United States, and we we would love to to work with you and and commission music from you. I mean, I love I love that piece that you just played; it's fantastic. So let's let's um, let's do that first of all. Uh, second of all, yeah, I think um, what what we've done in the United States particularly well, um, and and I think we are always we're seeking to grow this is to develop consortia. So um, you're right; almost none of us, no program, even even at UNT. Uh, do we have the funds to commission solely by ourselves, you know, the greatest composers out there? So oftentimes we'll partner with a whole group of institutions. So, you know, you'll see this is quite, quite frequent in, in the United States. You'll see an American composer and there's like 25 different schools that have joined in together. And for the, an investment that's essentially the same as maybe renting the piece or, or purchasing the piece or just maybe just a little bit more, they're part of that commissioning organization. and and therefore a part of the consortium premiere, which is which is a nice sort of premium for participation. And uh, and oftentimes it what's tied in is some sort of interaction with the composer, some sort of, and of course nowadays we're all able to do these kind of interactions um, through Zoom or through Facebook Live or whatever. So um, yeah, it's it, I think a lot of us are seeking that. And I think Keith, you hit it on the head, is that this is something that we started to realize maybe 50 or 60 years ago is that in order to really sort of define our validity as a, as a idea, wind bands, in other words, is that we needed to seek out great composers to write music. Uh, the music defines an ensemble, not, not necessarily the instrumentation. And so we, we started a lot, I mean, we being the global band, the, the American band and global band community started seeking out uh, the, the great composers of the world to write, write for our medium. So we we absolutely in Ireland they, we should be doing that in America we should be reaching out to Ireland and be doing that. Um, I think I think it's 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 very possible. 
Well, I'm delighted that we had this conversation. And Vincent, again, thank you so much for, for being here tonight and, and and especially at short notice because it gave us this opportunity to sort of really dig deeper than we normally do in the Repertoire Happy Hour into <laughs> that commissioning process and how it works and, you know, kind of looking at two ends of the spectrum in some ways, I think, here, you know, in Texas and in Ireland and, you know, what's possible. Um, so so thank you for, for talking talking to us about this. Could I make one more point, Keith? Because it goes back to what you said there at the end about what, what more I think bands are. You know, like um, I'm a Kennedy, right? And I, and I come from that tradition, very distant, distant. But I, I love everything about the way we celebrate the Kennedys here in our country. Um, and, you know, this notion of ask not what you can what your country can do for you it's what can you do for your country you know and i think what one of the things we have to do as bands in ireland is actually to stand up and demand that we have recognition you know and i think at a local level the bands at local level should be saying to their local art groups is, is saying well if you are getting a music project up and going if you are commissioning something we want to be part of that okay we want to have uh, uh, some part in that uh, because I don't see personally and I'm, I've always done this I've been lucky to be commissioned by a number of county councils around the country I've always used as far as possible local musicians and if necessary then brought in people from outside but that's only as a secondary thing and I don't like to see where professionals are brought in from outside when there's there's, there's groups locally who could participate all in all of it or part of it you know and, and so we've got to stand up for that in the first place uh, i made the point to the arts council before that m most professional musicians in the country are, are actually in bands they're in the army bands and the police bands you know they outnumber the, the orchestral musicians you know so and and it's the the people who have kept music alive in the towns and, and the country places are people who devoted their lives to it have been unpaid in most cases, you know, and they've done a great service to our country. And I believe they will get local support at a political level if they, you know, if we just, we need to just organize ourselves a bit better and, and, and not be afraid to look for the things that, that we are getting. The, I mean, we had the, the commissioning is one thing. We've seen that the, the Cards Council now is also giving money to bands to buy instruments and um, other capital purchases. And I think that's great, you know, and, and there's a that's a really good scheme and that's been shared around the country um, because most bands have to purchase their, their own instruments. And so I think by banding together, using that great phrase, you know, we're thousands of people, you know, we should we 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 make a strength then, and we can go and and say, well, look, we want a pie, piece of this pie. It shouldn't just we shouldn't be sort of fourth or fifth in the reckoning after the the classical side, the orchestras, the opera, the traditional music, you know, all all of that sort of thing. And then the amateur orchestra movement movement is higher. We should be Absolutely. equal with mm -hmm. all of those. Well, uh, as I say, Vincent, thank you so much. And uh, I mentioned at the very top of the podcast that we, we've been on a parallel track uh, for, for many years, uh, Vincent. We haven't had many many inter intersections. But one of them that we have had was uh, was probably an early commissioning for you. Uh, and a young 12-year-old, Keith, uh, played a soliloquy to uh, Michal O'Hare, uh, which was, uh, which was um, with uh, the Artem Band. Um, and I remember... You uh, uh, at the at our parents' concert there in Artane. Um, I think it's not 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 today or yesterday. 
Well, no, it's a couple of years back. Yeah, yeah. Well, actually, that was a competition that, that the National Broadcaster RT held for a, a piece of music to commemorate the, the sports um, person, Michal O'Hare. Yeah, for the RT mm -hmm. band, yeah. That's right. So that's my very first experience of what a commission was when I was 12, uh, Vincent. So you went right into the top, so Keith. Yeah, yeah. There you go. <laughs> the president was there that night. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. that's right. Well, listen, we, we we'll we'll move on. Uh, and again, thank you for such an in-depth conversation on that, Vincent. Uh, and uh, hopefully it's the start of a, a bigger conversation that we can have here um, at home in, in Ireland. Um, so, Gail, um, we'll come to you and uh, at last uh, oh, and talk right. to you about your uh, selection uh, at this intermediate level. Right. I do want to say one thing about what we were just discussing. And Andrew uh, is a lot younger than I am, but it's American bands, uh, and I'm going to talk about school bands and uh, community bands, are probably just 50 to 70 years ahead of what you're dealing with, Vincent and Keith, really, in a lot of ways, historically, because I know they fought a long time to find their own literature. It was all transcriptions, and it was very difficult. I mean, the clarinets were going crazy trying to play violin parts and, and all that went with that. So, you know, even though I know there's times when Keith admires what goes on in America, uh, it, we are, we are a good history to look at because you do have to do exactly what Vince said, which is to stand up for what you believe in and uh, prove prove it by doing the various things that you suggested, which is commissioning and 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 saying this is what we are. So good for you. I mean, that's it. it you're not that you're not behind by any means. It's just where it where it's at right now. Okay, um, I picked two, but I don't know which ones you have, Keith. So I will just talk about the two, and whichever one you play is fine. Because when Keith asked me to do these, I, I can't pick one and three. I mean, come on, Keith. You know, if you, as old as I am, you play so much <laughs> literature in my lifetime that I love. It's like going into a candy store, you know. But um, I'm going to go back to one of the most beautiful pieces I think everyone in the world loves. That is Over the Rainbow. Uh, that is just, you know, a Harold Arlen piece that was just the part of the Wizard of Oz, but just such a gorgeous piece. And one of my dear, dear friends is Jerry Brubaker. Uh, Jerry is a, a past president of the Association of Concert Bands, which I'm uh, involved with. And um, this is a lovely arrangement. It's a medium, easy piece. It's about three minutes long. It's got flute and cornet solos in it. But it's just, I mean, I don't know. I think if anyone who didn't care for Over the Rainbow, that melody, there's something wrong with them because it's just, it's one of those pieces that's just for everybody's heart. You know, it's like a lullaby and so that that's just beautiful. And then the other one that I really, really liked, and that's why I couldn't decide, was um, a Longfield arrangement of Copeland's Appalachian Spring. And it is a beautiful, beautiful arrangement because that is a very extremely difficult work in, in its you know, original, but Longfield did such a great job, Robert Longfield, to arrange it for a medium level ensemble. So I don't know which one you're playing, Keith, but they're both fantastic. So those of you who are out there, try both of them. <laughs> well, I do have Over the Rainbow uh, okay. lined up, Gail. That's and, fine. That's and, fine. and I must say, uh, congratulations on whittling the selection down to four uh, this, yeah, this month, because like, we, we have had many months where mm -hmm. it's been a lot more that you've said. Yeah. 15, 20. And I always give how long they are, the cost of them, how to get them. I do, you know, <laughs> yeah. trying to help everybody. Absolutely, you know, there's there's a there's a wealth of information in your emails every month. <laughs> well, this is uh, Over the Rainbow and uh, arranged by Jerry Brubaker.
Well, let's move on to, uh, let's get really serious now with our advanced music. Um, and a lot of music here that was new to me when I, when it was emailed to me this, uh, this week. So I'm excited to, to hear about it. Um, but we'll, we'll work, um, we'll, maybe we'll start with Vincent this time because, uh, Vincent, uh, uh, hasn't gone first on, on any of the rounds, uh, so far. So maybe we'll, <laughs> maybe we'll start with Vincent this time. Oh, sorry, Vincent. One second. No, sorry, I had muted you there a moment ago. Um, Year of the Dragon by Philip Spark, the, the English composer. And I just, from the very first time I, I conducted this piece and heard this piece, I just loved it. You know, it has everything that um, I think musicians want. It's, it's great challenges, uh, great music. Uh, first movement toccata, last movement finale, two other movements of speed and... Uh, great tonality and atonality and just wonderful music and then in the middle then this interlude which has for me one of the most beautiful melodies written for for a symphonic band it's a originally it was a, a brass band piece i think but and then he did it for a symphonic band and uh, i i just love everything about it i love the, the challenge and I, and i love the the what the musicians get out of it and, and what 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 they they feel to it, you know, that the, this wonderful uh, toccata that begins and with all its difficulties and challenges and overcoming that. And then this rest in, in this beautiful meadow, in the meadow of the second movement, you know, which just moves from key to key. And then as you see the chorale solo and then just beautiful um, chorale then. And I think that's the bit I'd like to hear from about six minutes in. Yeah. And then the piece finishes out then with the final movement again. A great challenge, but, but a great piece to finish with. But a wonderful break in the middle that just comes out of nowhere with glockenspiels and beautiful fugue-type piece.
my apologies to uh, Philip and to uh, Anglo Music for playing that probably longer than I should have, but you just can't turn that off any earlier than that moment. Um, I we we had Philip over in Ireland a number of years ago conducting the uh, Irish Symphonic Wind Orchestra, and we did a pre-concert interview with him. And one of the questions that I asked him was, uh, you know, it was sort of a tongue-in-cheek question, uh, which version he believed was the uh, definitive version of uh, Year of the Dragon, expecting him to completely dodge the question uh, or or to tell me that the brass band version was because it was written first for Corey. But he said, yeah, absolutely, it was the uh, wind band version. and that, you know, he, he writes for, for Brass Band and then he colours it in with the winds uh, was, his, was his answer. And I thought that was a really beautiful answer. Uh, also one that I'm sure gets him in trouble with the Brass Band players that commission him. <laughs> but actually, if you've never heard the Brass Band version of that, uh, for anyone that hasn't heard the Cory Band play that, it's phenomenal. And I think the... Um, the Corinlay solo is played on trombone, I think, in the uh, brass band version, and just st- stunning uh, performance. Um, so, thank you. I, I, I mean, and if if anyone's questioning why that is a, an advanced piece of music, you need to listen to the first and particularly third movement of that, <laughs> and be a woodwind player too. Um, so. <laughs> Um, maybe we'll maybe we'll come to Gail um, okay. for for your advanced uh, piece now. Okay, well, I chose a piece that I found because I was programming a concert a number of years ago, looking for nature. It was a concert that had to do with you know nature kind of pieces, and it's a tone poem by Thomas Duffy, who is a composer and a, a conductor also at Yale University, actually. And I had to kind of chuckle because it says adjunct, which I don't think of people at Yale doing anything adjunct, you know, that, that level of uh, ability to be there. But it is called Butterflies and Bees. And the intent, and it's it's a challenging work. My group has done it, my um, adult ensemble. Um, and, and it was really, really interesting because it is a tone poem. And you have to think about what you're doing as how you create the sound of these butterflies and these bees and there's places where you're actually in the hive. You can hear that it, he was able to create this hive feel. And uh, it's, it's a really lovely, lovely work. It's, I think it's, I don't know, it might be nine minutes long or so. I mean, and for um, concert bands of the adult world, that's, it's a fairly long piece for, for that kind of a thing, but it's worth it because it's, it's just wonderful. And my father-in-law who bless his heart is a, good old German American man, farmer kind of man, he loved this piece. And he just said, this is, it, it, he said, I could close my eyes and I could hear the butterflies and I could hear the bees. And that was the intent of this piece. So I hope you enjoy it. It's uh, got a beautiful saxophone solo in it and uh, it's, it's a beautiful work. So.
So I mentioned um, earlier on uh, that uh, one of my first uh, experiences of, of commissioning uh, was working with Vincent, but I, I hear, I think this is another opportunity to talk about another one of those moments that maybe myself and Vincent crossed paths, particularly in my early years. Uh, back in 1998, I believe, um, Ireland, um, uh, through Willie Halpin, put on a celebration of Frederick Fennell. And uh, he came to Ireland and uh, conducted and a, a young 14-year-old uh, kid at that stage got to be conducted by Frederick Fennell playing the uh, whole suite, uh, a pretty special experience. But one of, the, um, one of the composers, one of the conductors that came with him was Tom Duffy. Um, and Tom conducted us in a piece called Crystals at the time. Vince, uh -huh. you probably remember that, that, uh, that whole summit pretty more than I, I remember it really. Yeah, well, yeah, I, I remember it because, you know, because it goes back to what I said earlier, it, it kind of put us on an equal stage, you know, to have these luminaries come and Frederick Fennell was a, was a you know, one of the, the, the best known uh, musicians in this, uh, in this field in the world at the time, you know, and brought, brought great ex experience and, and, and his intellect to it and and treated people with respect you know like treated everyone as equals like didn't and similarly with um, tom duffy you know they were they were really really nice people to work with you know even though the demands and especially mr Fennell's and maestro Fennell's demands are very high you know but that was only because he wanted the best from everyone you know he wanted to say that you know there's, there's, there's more you can do here you can you can aspire to more here and i want you to do your best so it was it was a great uh, initiative um by who did who did it again uh, willie halpin yeah willie really halpin yeah. yeah and and also then to open it up to to so many uh bands people in, in ireland to, to be involved in it it was a great experience for anyone who was there you know and well, i think all of the, the, the people who had who were doing really good things and then and since were present at that it was one of those moments of of of, of enlightenment that has, mm -hmm. has helped illuminate what we've done since in lots of ways mm -hmm. it, it's one of those things that i look back on now vincent when I, you know it wasn't until i was like 25 years 26 years of age reading a book on conducting wind bands and this name <laughs> frederick Fennell, comes up it's like Oh, that's why that that event was important. <laughs> you know, it's just one of those things. There was a lot of kids there that got the opportunity to work with a, with great people. Uh, of course, Frederick Canal, but, but, but Tom Duffy and some some brilliant clinicians that we we just never had really in Ireland that much. Um, so uh, it was a great experience. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. The um, going. Can I go back to the piece for just a second? Of course. Yeah, yeah. yeah of okay. Course. Um, yeah, it's a beautiful piece, and and like you said, Vincent, on the the uh, the year of the dragon. I mean, there's so much more in that piece than that little bit we got to hear. That was just the opening, but um, a lot of that work reminds me a great deal of Julie Giroux's work. Uh, a lot of um, John Mackey's work, like the um, Kingfisher's Catch Fire. It reminds me of that. Maybe not as difficult as John's, but certainly it has the beauty of that. And if you get a chance, if you liked it at all, listen to it. Other people who've never heard it uh, on the podcast, because there's so much more at the end of it. That's just fantastic. Lots of good brass. And it's just very exciting to hear how how he was able to make it really sound like those those critters. <laughs> so that's beautiful. Yeah, yeah, it is. It's a neat piece. 
Well, we're coming along to our, our final selection of our imaginary concert tonight, and uh, we'll hand it over to Andrew to talk about... Uh, you actually have two pieces here, Andrew. Have you got a preference for one, or should I play both? Um, I, I doesn't matter. I, I can talk about both, but you, you can choose one or the other. Um, let's, I, let's, let, let's hear about both, and I might sure, choose one sure. over, the, over the other. So, Well, like, like Gail, I, with her grade three and four, I, I couldn't... I just couldn't pin down one. I, I, of course, my, my list is much longer, but there were two that I that really stood out to me when I thought about this. And this is when I when I joked about when you put on Facebook asking for suggestions, and John Lynch right away said, "And and the mountains rising nowhere." And I thought, "Oh, my my choice is taken." But you said it was okay to to go ahead and still choose that. So I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna talk about that one and and another one. Uh, the the Joseph Schwantner and the mountains rising nowhere was was written in 1977. And it is um, like like Vincent was talking about, sort of a watershed moment when when Frederick Fennell visited uh, Ireland. Uh, this was kind of a watershed piece. It sort of like signaled the way of what was possible with wind bands uh, in ways that um, I, I, a lot of people who were there in Maryland in 1977 and first heard this. Um, it was at a at a CBDNA um, conference. Um, it just really sort of showed the way of what was possible. Um, Schwantner is a classical guitarist by by training, and so uh, his 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 voice or his compositional voice is sort of informed by that background. And so he there's a lot of arpeggiation, there's a lot of broken chords, but there's sometimes it's split up amongst just the the, the um, percussion. Sometimes it's in the piano, which is a a really important voice in this piece. They uh, usually are placed right in the center of the ensemble with the lid off because they generate so much of the, the melodic and harmonic material. And um, so you'll hear piano in the very beginning. And then, um, then he also has other, other colors like wine glasses and um, water gongs. And he has what he calls celestial voices ensemble, uh, sometimes singing. And so it's these, when you see the score, first of all, you see the score on the left side of the page is the instrumentation listing. And about halfway through, you get through all the winds. And then all of the percussive voices take over. And so you see about 50, 50 or 60% of the, the instrumentation listing. There's something like, I can't remember, 45 different percussion instruments that are used on this piece. And um, he has oboes and saxophonists playing uh, crystals, crystal glasses, uh, which hadn't happened that often in, in our music at that time. And it's really, an, and then you look on the other side of the score, which is the first page which right in the dead middle of the score is, is a poem that the piece is based on. And it's a real sort of 19, very, very typical of 1970s, but graphic notation. Um, it's, it's for, for about a decade, I was too intimidated to go beyond page one. I, I opened page one and then I said, not yet, just not, I'm not ready yet. You know, my, my group isn't ready. I'm not ready yet. And I couldn't go beyond that. And so finally, a few, a few years ago, I did have a chance to conduct this piece. It's so rewarding for conductor and ensemble and everything. Uh, but it really is just an incredible piece. The other piece I wanna talk about too uh, is Michael Colgrass's Winds of Nagual. Uh, Michael Colgrass, both Schwantner and, and Colgrass were, were Pulitzer Prize winners. Colgrass, uh, who passed away recently, um, won in the 70s for a piece called Deja Vu. And Joseph Schwantner won a few years after he wrote And the Mountains Rising Nowhere, <coughs> excuse me. But Michael Colgrass wrote this piece called Winds of Nagual for Frank Battisti at, at New England Conservatory. And it was, it's, it's, I chose it for nature because it's kind of about a lot of things in nature. It's about nature itself being out in the desert. 
but it's also about the nature of, of humankind. Uh, it's about supernatural things. It's, it's really, it's a one of a kind piece. And it's, it, it's, a, it's a sort of a lifetime experience to experience this piece live. And uh, it's written based on the writings of Carlos Castaneda, uh, who is, was well known for uh, experimenting with a lot of hallucinogenics and going out into the desert and meeting, meeting a shaman. And, um, you know, he wrote several books about this, but, you know, learning how to levitate and um, move boulders with his mind and just really out there stuff. And, uh, and so uh, it was the inspiration for this piece. And so it's, it's just an incredible piece. And the way that Colgrass, um, the colors that both Schwantner and Colgrass get out of these, these pieces of music out of essentially wind band color with a lot of percussion, it just really was groundbreaking. And uh, we're still living in that world and, and experimenting with those sound worlds they created. Um, the recording of the Schwantner is just an audio recording. The recording of the Colgrass is a video um, with uh, my colleague, Eugene Miliara Corporon conducting the North Texas Wind Symphony that they did the fall before the pandemic. So I think 25 years ago, or, or maybe a year and a half ago, whenever that was. Um, <laughs> but but bo both are really remarkable recordings. Uh, and, and to experience these pieces live, to really see people play these kind of pieces is inspiring and really gives you an impression of a piece that you, you you can't get just from simply listening, but you can choose either one, Keith, or both. It doesn't, doesn't matter. Well, I tell you what I'll do is I'll play the uh, Winds of Nagual uh, now for the live stream. But if you're listening to the podcast, you're very lucky and you're going to be able to hear both of those. Um, and yeah. also in the show notes, you're going to be able to find the full program with links to all of this music and you're going to be able to enjoy that um, at your own leisure. But for now, this is the uh, Michael Colgrass Winds of Nagual.
And uh, again, it's always so frustrating to be able to have to start muting this <laughs> this music. <laughs> but we'd be here for the entire length of a concert. Otherwise, I think we almost are here for the entire length of a concert now. Uh, Andrew, thank you so much for both of your selections and uh, your 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 other selection, the the uh, and the mountains rising. Uh, I mentioned earlier on that my daughter, out of all of these selections, that was the one that she was talking about the most. And I I think it's you know uh, a, an example of you know sometimes we put. Uh, we 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 imagine that young young people uh, only want to hear uh, music that's uh, maybe simple or, or or straightforward, but but actually they like challenging music and they like music that's going to capture their imagination and uh, and all of this music today. Uh, she she listened to a lot of the selections from today's uh, podcast and she enjoyed a lot of it. So uh, thank you all for for your selections today. Uh, I'm going to do a quick roundtable then just to talk a little bit about our, some of our also runs. Um, uh, and and these are amazing pieces of music, and it's impossible to pick uh, to pick music when on, uh, for the, for these sorts of uh, projects. But um, but I might just start with with mentioning two pieces that I'd like to mention. Um, back when uh, I had started to conduct uh, the Clara Town Band, um, I started to to um, listen to as many podcasts as I could about music at the time, and it was the early days of podcasts and Naxos started running a podcast about um, um, the tracks that they were releasing with uh, Bishaw, I, I can't, can't forget his, Raymond Bishaw, I think it was, that was uh, the host of this uh, podcast. And he did, he actually focused quite a bit on wind band at the time too, which was great because it was mostly orchestral uh, for the most part. And he featured a piece of music called In This Hid, Hid Clearing by Jack Stamp. And it was one of the first times that I really started realizing that wind band music could be, um, written for uh, original wind band music could be its own art form and we didn't need to always be playing transcriptions and uh, then I started revisiting all of these experiences I had as a young person and started making them uh, more more tangible to my life but that piece is very special to me I've performed it a couple of times since um, and uh, Jack Stamp's music is is amazing the other piece that I wanted to mention was um, Blackthorn Wattle by a, a famous Irish composer, AJ Potter. Um, anyone that, that was able to listen to the album I suggested, the military band album recorded by Mark Armstrong uh, that I mentioned on the last podcast may have come across this uh, piece, Blackthorn Wattle. Uh, AJ Potter is an amazing Irish composer. Vincent would probably be able to tell you uh, more about him than I could, uh, but he is a composer that people should know about, has written some amazing uh, Irish music and uh, probably isn't as well known as he should be but Blackthorn Wattle is a real favorite of the military bands here and performed at many concerts uh, and certainly another one that people should know about um Gail maybe we'll uh, go to you for your um extra pieces that you Absolutely. might like to mention <clears throat> you were just discussing Frederick Fennell and mm -hmm. uh, you know he was over in Japan quite a bit towards the end of his career one of the things that I uh really love and, and it's just a darling little thing it's a little um, March and it's called Hello Sunshine and it is uh, Matsuo is the composer and he I don't know if, if Frederick found it or what but it's on one of his lay, last CDs and it is a delightful little march called Hello Sunshine it is it's just precious and uh, but if Frederick Fennell liked it and did it a lot then it's got to be good you know that's the way I look at it that's why I program it uh, I really love that one and that's I, we didn't talk anything about marches yet, and I am someone who believes that it's an important part of our genre. Um, 
The other one, of course, a uh, classic work is Hounds of Spring by Alfred Reed, which is a fabulous work. And uh, if you get a chance to do that one, that is something that for community ensembles is, is an accomplishment. Oftentimes it's a, a little more difficult. Country Gardens by Percy Granger, also just a fantastic work. And um, so those were the other three that, oh, and the, I mentioned it, the Kingfisher's Catch Fire, which is a John Mackey work, which is one of the, one of his earlier ones that a lot of people were like, oh, what's this? And it's very, like Andrew, you were saying, it's, it's kind of um, for initially when he started writing it, kind of off the wall in a lot of ways until you start to try to put it together. And it's lovely. We did it uh, where you had instruments uh, within the uh, theater to give the effects of it too, which was really very interesting and very cool. So those were the other ones that I had that I thought were of worth to mention tonight. So thank you. Thanks, thanks Gail. Now, Vincent, I know I gave you very little notice today for this, but would you like to have mentioned any other pieces? Uh, another piece that I think is fabulous is a tribute to Stephen Foster, Sammy Nestico, uh, as an arrangement of that. I just, beautiful. And, and then because of our Irishness, obviously, um, the Irish tune from County Derry, um, which is beautiful, yeah. And I actually, um, when they brought out the, the celebratory edition, they, they asked me to, to write some of the notes on that. So I was very pleased to be involved in that. And, and that's just, just, I think, just the way he handles even the political situation is fantastic by calling it Irish tune from County Derry. You know, it's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He and, uses a little bit, a little bit from column A and a little bit from column B in that title. Yeah, yeah, and it is, yeah, no, and then the words are by an Englishman, and you know, it's it's comes from the <laughs> North Ireland. It's just, it's a great amalgam of 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 these islands that 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 you know, and, and the the way the peoples have moved around. But it's from just a beautiful, beautiful tune. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's a lot of Percy Granger that actually could have been programmed as part of this this team yeah. as well. Um, and maybe sometimes we sort of we shy away from Granger a little bit um, uh, in Ireland, maybe particularly some of his more sort of Irish inspired pieces. Um, but I, I really don't think we should. I think I think we should always play Granger. I think um, Andrew, um, would you um, would you like to talk about some of your pieces? Because you gave me an amazing list to, of music to listen to over the next next month uh, so between yourself and gail you're keeping me busy overachievers right. well it's just, it's just hard to stop once you get started right so um i i second of course uh the great irish tune and and i have to just say uh my 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 first well my second trip to ireland um i got to, got to conduct that piece with um the ohio university wind symphony and then um community band the condalkin uh youth band Oh, cool. And it was just it was just such a just a wonderful event, uh, you know, to be be playing that piece with Irish musicians. I mean, what a what a what a gift to this American uh, of Swiss descent. So it was just it was beautiful. Uh, and I also like Gail, I included Country Gardens and I included all three versions that I'm aware of. There's, of course, the, the Sousa and uh, Goldman version that they created. There was a Tom Clark transcription, which is essentially a transcription of the, the orchestral version. And then the one that I really love is the one that Granger set in the late 40s for Carl Fisher. I think it's Fisher or Shermer. And it is so jarring because I don't know if you know this, but Granger really hated that piece um, because it was it was what he was known for. You know, it, it, imagine if you're Bob Dylan and and everyone only wants to hear like a Rolling Stone or a Tambourine Man. And, and that's all they ever want to hear you play. And they don't want to hear anything else. Nothing new, please. It was kind of Granger's, you know, like a Rolling Stone. 
and he just abhorred that piece and that 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 hit only his fame came from that piece so he wrote this what i call kind of a sarcastic version in the late 40s that's really chromatic and it starts with this flute solo in the beginning and the tenor saxophone comes in and it sounds like he's playing he or she is playing in the wrong key or, or playing wrong notes and harmonically it just goes in really interesting ways so i oftentimes try to pair like one either the tom clark or the souza editions with uh, Granger's own edition that he did in the late 40s, uh, just as a commentary on himself. I, th I think it's a really interesting study. But let me, I, I know I had a long list, but let me go to some of the things that are just a little bit more um, on, on the sort of the ad uh, more advanced level maybe, and, and maybe sort of out there. Uh, Karel Husa, which a lot of us know because of Music for Prague, wrote another piece just a few years later called Apotheosis, Ap Apotheosis of This Earth, which is a mouthful. But it's a basic. It basically 1970. It's it's a statement about uh, at that time um, the sort of awakening of of peoples about um, about the the kind of destruction we were doing uh, on the environment and awareness of the environment and um, just of course was the, just the very beginning of our our awakening of that and it's a really powerful piece um, to go back to Julie Giroux. She wrote this great piece, Symphony Number no. Five Elements. And um, it's based on, uh, it, she really emulates these, these different elements in the piece. And in fact, in the one that's titled Wind, there's, she actually has on these two adjoining pages, it looks like a tornado, the way that she scored it. So the, the upper winds, if you could imagine, are much more full and for the duration of the two pages, and then it sort of tapers down to, to the bottom of the page. So it looks like a tornado actually on the page. It's just, at, as with anything with Julie, it's brilliant. Um, Mason Bates, who is a composer that everyone may or may not know, um, is a really, really interesting composer. He's a DJ and he's a classical composer. He was composer in residence with the Chicago Symphony uh, for many years and wrote a great piece called Mothership. But he wrote a piece called Sea Blue Circuitry. And it's about uh, it's about the ocean, essentially, but it also has a sort of electronic twist to it. And then um, Franco Cesarini wrote this great piece called Poema Alpestre from uh, about two, 2004, 2005, which is sort of his Richard Strauss Alpine symphony type type piece, just epic and just magisterial uh, as if you were in the, the uh, Swiss Alps. And then I love this one because we're getting close to this. Uh, Sousa's Easter Monday on the White House lawn, just such a, a great piece, not necessarily a march, but pretty close. And I just, it has this great like slapstick part, um, just really brilliant, so. As we're approaching Easter, uh, I thought that was a nice little choice too. Well, thank you so much, Andrew. And I know your your list was even longer than that. And <laughs> and I will make sure to include all of these selections uh, and the selections that we've had from comments on Facebook and uh, and YouTube and elsewhere over uh, over the last number of days. Um, and just to read out some of those uh, selections from um, from the from the audience over the, the over the last couple of days, uh, we had uh, sun paints rainbows. Um, we had flight of the the fumble wasp. <laughs> Interesting. Uh, Sunrise at Angel's Gate by Philip yeah. Spark. That's a good one. Um, I, I do have to read some of uh, John Lynch's um, uh, selections here as well. And actually, John Lynch is uh, 
is is hopefully going to be on the, the next uh, the next repertoire roundtable as well. Um, Sun Paints Rainbows uh, um, uh, by David Bedford, uh, uh, Lost uh, Gulch Lookout by Kristen Custer, uh, Hidden Forest by Ben Fan, and Moon Danny Black by Taryn Carter. Um, so uh, John had had a, had a great list of music there for us all to have a listen to. October by Eric Whitaker was, okay. was mentioned. Uh, Tiptoe through the tulip, tulips. Uh, and the midnight sun never get never sets by Quincy Jones. So uh, some 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 a, a wide range. Every time I oh, and of course the the lark ascending uh, was mm-hmm. mentioned as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not sure I, I've heard a wind band setting of that, but uh, certainly a piece that that fits mm-hmm. the it's fits there. the. Um, fits the team really well uh, so thank you to everyone that was commenting and taking part in the in the in the thread there on the facebook group if you're not already in the facebook group uh, globalbandroom.com um, there is a facebook page and a facebook group but the group is where all of the conversation happens so make sure that you head over there and join that uh, thank you so much to um andrew uh, vincent and of course as every month uh, gail brechting for joining me uh, we'll be back next month the last saturday of the month we are going to do this again at 5 p.m. Eastern time in the U.S. Um, and that's back to 10 p.m. for us here in, in Ireland next, ah. next, next month. Uh, we don't have a theme yet. So if anyone has an idea on a theme that they might like us to, um, to set, you can put that into the comments there on Facebook. Let us know what you'd like us to talk about. Um, and uh, apart from that, uh, let's just talk to everyone and find out where we can find out more about your work uh, so maybe let's start with vincent where can people find out more about vincent kennedy vincent well i have a soundcloud page so that's a good place to to listen to stuff and uh, andrew uh, where can people find out more about you and your work yeah <clears throat> so my, my main job is at the university of north texas so um you can f- find me my faculty page there uh, we have a concert the group i conduct the wind orchestra has a concert coming up on thursday um, lots of just really, really great music, and and uh, the students are working really, really hard on it. Some Stravinsky and and Husa and Hindemith and um, wow. who else? Oh, Beethoven. Yeah, a little composer named Beethoven. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that guy. Uh, and and just some really great music. Christopher Marshall also. So um, we've. And you're actually live. Always- you're, you're actually live doing a concert live. We yeah. we are we are. You'll see. We've been actually right. active all all year. Masks, bell covers, six foot or nine foot distancing. It's been a challenge, but it, we have been able to be live, which has been wonderful. So, and Gail, where yeah. can people find out more about you and the association and West Michigan Concert Wins? Absolutely. Uh, Association of Concert Bands is a wonderful international organization for community bands. Uh, get on our website. It's very simple as acbbands.org. It's really easy. And uh, my ensemble is beginning to, to rev back up again. We had three rehearsals today uh, with small chamber groups, which was really fun. It, live together with all the crazy stuff we all have to have on everywhere. You know, even our piccolo has a tiny little you know thing on the end of her piccolo to be able to play. But uh, and that's uh, the West Michigan concert wins. So if you want to come and find me that way too, so great. Thank Thanks, you, Kel. Keith. So nice to meet you, Andrew and Vincent. Thank you so much Thank for being you, part Kel. of this. 
It's delightful. Yeah, same. Yes. Same. Well, we'll be back next week with the Global Band Room podcast, and I'll be heading to Malaysia, at least digitally heading to Malaysia, to talk to Wilson Tan of the St. Joseph's Concert Band uh, and also of Wamsby World Association of Marching Show Bands in Malaysia. So we'll be able to find out all about what's happening there. Um, and, uh, and if you have questions, please send them to Keith at globalbandroom.com. Good night, everyone. Thanks, Keith. Good night. Keep safe. Great to meet you all. Thank you.